the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Ron Geyer Roofing. The Bible describes events that will mark the last days, or end times. 2 Timothy 3.1 says, This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. Matthew 24.44 tells us, Therefore you must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect Him. Bible teacher Ron Geyer leads us through Scripture that will help us to remain strong in the Lord. End Time Insights with Bible teacher Ron Geyer starts now. Good evening, family. Ron Geyer back with more End Time Insights. We are so honored you listen. We are so honored God allows me to do this. And today we're going to be talking about knowing God and knowing judgments. And I got this. I was listening to a David Wilkerson tape last week. And while I'm not going to talk exactly like he did, I'll explain it to you. But I was enthralled because I had been studying Jeremiah 8, 7, just like he had. And that verse is, yes, the stork in the heaven knoweth her appointed times, and the turtle and the crane and the swallow observe the time of their coming. But my people know not the judgment of the Lord. And so I had been looking at that, and then I heard him talk about it. And David Wilkerson, he did a wonderful teaching on it. He calls it the judgments of God. It's a great lesson and has great insights into how God judges us for our sin. I'm not going to quite use that tact, as is Wilkerson's bent, though, It's a very serious teaching, highly convicting. It's a call to the church to quit sinning. As with all of God's judgments in the Old Testament, they normally were punishments for the sins of the Jewish people. And while punishment for our sins has not been completely done away with, most of the judgments in the New Testament, they are for the purpose of correction. Remember, if you don't know judgment, you're going to have very little discernment. The judgments in the world, they are to condemn. The judgments in the church... Today, they are too correct. You must know the difference. Today, we'll look at this topic of judgment and God with the intent of knowing God better, knowing God in his judgments, knowing God in his judgments. He reveals himself to us in his judgments, and we've got to understand that is one of the most important ways that we can know our God, and the problem is we have done away with that. I'll talk about it, but we blame the devil for everything. We blame nature for weather patterns when it's God. It's just we've got to understand that when you read the Bible, you read about how God operated in the Old Testament, that gives you a tremendous foundation to build upon about knowing what God's doing today. Today we're going to look at the topic and we're going to do it with the intention of knowing him better through the judgments that he sends. Your heavenly future actually depends upon him knowing you, right? Matthew seven twenty three. and then will I profess unto them I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. So our heavenly future depends on him knowing us, yet our success in life in the earth while we're here depends upon us knowing him through his word and obeying that word. Matthew 22, 29, Jesus answered and said unto them, you do err not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God. Remember, they were fussing the Sadducees and the 
Pharisees were fussing about the resurrection, and Jesus says, no, you don't understand. You don't know the word. And because you don't know the word, you don't know the power of God. What a tremendous revelation of truth in there. Jesus plainly told the religious folks of his day that they were in error. They were in error because they did not know his word. And look at the great revelation here, which accompanies that. They missed it because they didn't know his word. They didn't know the power of God either. I'm not referencing power now in the sense of miracles or divine healings, though I'm sure that is also what Jesus was speaking about. But I do wish to go back to Wilkerson's idea, that idea of living free from sin and the power to succeed there, the power that lets one resist Satan's temptation, the power to be a witness for Christ. That power will be far more prevalent in the daily living, the day-to-day living, than the power to heal the sick or the power to manifest the gifts of the Spirit. But it's the day-in and day-out power of God, His Holy Spirit at work in us, to hear from God, to live for God, and to die to sin. So I'm going to tackle this judgment thing on the on the angle. I'm going to come in at it that there's probably several different ways I could look at it. But I'm going to keep in mind that the end game goal of knowing His judgments is to know Him better. Okay? Philippians 3.10, Paul's prayer, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. Paul's prayer should be the hope of every Christian. Paul wanted to know the person. He wanted to know the power. And he wanted to know the persecutions. Also, that he could be like Christ in his death to the world and its sin. It's a tough prayer to pray, but look where it got Paul, right? I mean... Paul, what a ministry, right? Wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Hallelujah. Suffered a martyr's death for Christ. Just a tremendous, tremendous man of God. But today there's a way of knowing God that most of us will miss. It's knowing God, seeing God, and recognizing God, and finding him in his judgments. Psalm 916 verifies that. The Lord is known by the judgment which he executes. The wicked is snared in the work of his hands. So we see it right there. David told us that we can know God in his judgments. Very simply, the Lord can be known by the way he deals with man. His character can be seen by his interaction with mankind, whether he's rewarding the righteous for a blessing or he's punishing the wicked for the rebellion or he's correcting the righteous. God reveals himself to us in these judgments. It's a principle in the Bible that's repeated over and over and over again. In context of this psalm is written, Psalm 9, by David in joyful celebration of his victory. Perhaps his victory might have even been the one where he had victory over Goliath. What's revealed and what's shown is that we get a glimpse of what is behind the curtain of God's judgments upon the wicked. It's the way God skillfully turns the destructive plans of the enemy against themselves. And that's a judgment of God. And we need to see that. There's lessons. There's lessons throughout the Bible about this. Once again, our biggest problem is we give the devil credit for all what seems to be negative in the world. And we miss knowing God as we should, right? God sent the storm. Satan sent the storm. Satan doesn't control the weather. God controls the weather. And so we see this. I take a lot of heat for telling people about the calamities that are going on. You know, there's uh, William Koenig. He's, I think he's Jewish, and he's got a great insight into when America messes with Israel. There's a scripture that says, I will bless those that bless Israel, and I will curse those that curse Israel. And it seems every time our government, like Bush, Bush forced Israel to give up land for peace. 
And what was the benefit? What was the bonus of that? We got great storms that came, and they actually destroyed his resort home in Kenny Bunkport during that time. And he's got a book out there. It's called Eye to Eye. And it's got all of the judgments that came when America was messing with Israel and the associated storms, hurricanes, calamities that came upon us. We forced Benachem Begin to come into Camp David to make some concessions to the PLO. And, of course, they violated them. And, of course, the United States, I think that might have been Hurricane Andrew. I mean, if you look, he makes the association. He connects it with the judgments of God. And we give the devil all the credit when things don't go well, you know, and that's got to change. You see, I get firsthand resistance. I mean, I'm, I'm nobody. And yet I get zapped all the time by telling people about some of these calamities, 9-11, Katrina, uh, COVID, you know, I mean, I get abused for that. Like I'm, they look at me like I'm a dog in a new pan. They just have no respect for the word of God concerning judgments. If I'm being resisted on such a small scale. How will we ever get the world to understand that God is calling them to repentance in these judgments? Isaiah 26, 9. With my soul have I desired thee in the night, yet with my spirit within me will I seek thee early, Lord. For when your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. I mean, how simple is that? Lord, when you are judging our sin in the earth, then the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. Here we see that one of the purposes of God judging sin in the earth is to make known to the earth dwellers what righteousness looks like. Here God uses judgments as a teaching tool. It is the job of God's people today, the church, to make the connection for them. The mainstream church has gotten pushed so far into the corner that this may seem like it's an impossible task. They say, what? God sent COVID? Why would I ever want to serve God after that? Homosexuality can't be wrong. God's all for love. No, AIDS didn't come from that. No, God judges us for opposing Israel. That's nonsense. This is a type of carnal thinking that does away with the judgments of God. And we missed the lessons. And so we have to repeat the lessons over and over and over and over again. That's what we're up against. Yet we cannot be intimidated, church. We will even be opposed by many, perhaps even most in the church. I had a pastor's wife jump up in the middle of one of my classes and tell me in the middle of class what I was teaching about the storms in Israel and uh, God judging America for that. I was wrong about God judging the United States for opposing Israel. And that was during Katrina. I mean, it's amazing. I was teaching another class in a bigger church. This was in 2015 when uh, the Supreme Court made it legal for men to marry men and women to marry women. And I told them the punishment for that Uh, that God called it an abomination. He was totally against it. And the leadership of that church didn't like it, so they canceled all my classes. You know, I'm no longer at that church. I'm no longer at my last church for saying that COVID and 9-11 were further judgments by God on our nation for our sins. And these are just lightweight persecutions. I mean, I didn't get killed or nothing. They didn't take my house. I just got removed from my teaching positions or my prayer positions. No one's trying to kill me. They're just trying to shut me up for speaking the hard truths that just don't fit into today's church culture, which wants to make sure that we don't offend anybody in the earth. I've been in another class and was told I was not allowed to use the word test. God test us. I mean, come on. 
How blind can we be? These are the people, by the way, that you're listening to. These are the people that you're following to, that are teaching you. Millions are being led astray. I could say so much more about it, but it seems all I do is point out the the problems in our leadership. But as long as those problems persist, I need to stay on focus and let you know there's danger there. David Wilkerson, another tape, I listened to it this morning. He was talking about the fact that, you know, a shepherd, a shepherd just doesn't feed the sheep. He also protects the sheep. He also guards the sheep. He also warns the sheep. He lays down his life for the sheep. Well, I am perfectly willing to do that. It's important that you know the dangers out there, that you are protected from them. And I'm perfectly willing to tell you that. I've got a radio show. I've got a Facebook following. I've got a Bible study. I will share those truths with you guys. And if you don't listen, that's fine. But as long as the dangers are there, so too need be the warnings. Once again, our biggest problem, we give everybody credit for these judgments and we miss out on the teaching spirit behind them. Here, one of the purposes of God by revealing his judgment is to let them know what the contrasting righteousness can look like. And that's why we've got President Biden today. Because we had Trump, and Trump, while not perfect, he did a good job of following the Constitution, uh, fighting against abortion. He did a good job. He was a friend of the church. He was a friend of God. Now we've got someone who hates the church, who hates God, who hates America, who hates capitalism, who hates freedom, who hates Christians, and he's doing everything that he can to destroy us. And we're up against that, but we cannot faint. We must be strong. Yet, God says, when these judgments are upon the earth, that they teach us what righteousness looks like. They teach the earth dwellers. Earth dwellers is a term which never used for the people of God. It's always used for the people who are lost, the people who have rejected God. These judgments are supposed to be teaching, not man. The judgments do the teaching. It would be nice if man cooperated, but not only doesn't the righteous man cooperate with the judgments in explaining God to the lost and what's going on, now we actively oppose them. In those things that we say. I mean, we have to read the Bible. We have to believe the Bible. We have to obey the Bible. By blaming national weather patterns and Mother Nature, by blaming satanic manifestations and the evil working of spirits, we interfere with God's ability to speak to the lost concerning their sin in these judgments. Not only that, but we derail the convicting work of the Holy Spirit of God. Worse yet, we misrepresent God to a lost and dying world who is their only hope. The world is ingrained with the knowledge of God, who is both all-powerful and has all authority. And when these judgments manifest, we need to connect that with he is displeased with our sin. Romans one twenty. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, that's us, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that mankind is without excuse. If carnal church man would just get out of the way, God's spirit would have his way. Carnal church man doesn't understand how God could kill 3,000 people during 9-11. Surely some of them had to be Christians, they say. They say, my God would never do that. That's what happens when man doesn't read the Bible. That's what religion does. One guy gets an idea. He gets a following. He gets their money. He builds a church, goes on TV, and the next thing you know, he's got a following. Then, whether it's pride or greed or covetousness, he spreads more and more lies about God, and people substitute his voice for that of the Holy Spirit. He starts appealing to their flesh and no longer gets revelation knowledge from God for the people, but that's not important. He's got a following, right? He's famous. He's got a church. He's doing the work of the ministry. He's successful because his message is bringing in people. He won't speak about sin. He won't warn the lost. He won't challenge the false because he's false. 
and it goes on and on and on, and it catches fire, and lo and behold, we have an entire nation that doesn't know God's love, that thinks God would never judge his church, that the God of love would never kill anybody, and the church in large part, and our nation in mosque goes further and further down the road to destruction, until one day the real people of God are gone, and all that's left is Hebrews 10.27, which is, a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fire indignation which shall devour the adversaries. That's all that's left. That's all that we have to look forward to, God's adversaries, the adversaries to truth. Jeremiah 5, 5, I will get me unto the great men of the land and will speak unto them, for they have known the way of the Lord and the judgment of their God. These have altogether broken the yoke and burst the bonds. Basically, Jeremiah was searching through Jerusalem, looking for a man who would know and understand the judgments of God, but he couldn't find them. He wanted someone who understood the ways of the Lord. We don't understand the ways of the Lord. God uses these judgments. He judges us because he loves us, because he knows if we don't obey him, we are going to annihilate ourselves, and we're going to wind up eternally damned from his presence in hell. That's the purpose of these. He doesn't hate us. He loves us. He doesn't want anybody to go to hell. He's not willing that any would perish. It's important that we understand the reason he sends these judgments. When I was bad, I disobeyed dad. My penalty was normally I would not be able to go play baseball that night. And yes, it offended me. And yes, it hurt me. But eventually I got the point. Ron, don't sass your mom. Ron, don't do bad in school. Ron, don't talk like that. I mean, you know, these punishments are there. When I was growing up, there was a phrase, we had judgments, we had punishments because we weren't supposed to cross the line, right? Parents set the line in the sand for their children and you don't cross that line. Otherwise, there was a price to be paid. We don't have lines anymore. We've taken down all those lines. We cross the line. We get as close to it as Christians as we can, and we wind up going over it. God has lines in the sand. Obama put a line in the sand, right? And it had no backing. He didn't mean it. He just said it for the sake of it. And yet the nations cross it and America did nothing. Well, God does something and he does judgments when we cross the lines, but he told us he would. And he says, I'm putting the line in the sand because I love you because my will is not that you die and spend eternity in hell. My will is that you live and spend eternity in heaven with the family of God and with me. That's who God is. So Jeremiah was going through all of Jerusalem searching. Jeremiah was amazed at the spiritual and moral foolishness of the inhabitants of the land. Just like America today, neither do we know the ways of the judgments of God, and neither did the people of Jerusalem know the way or the judgments of God. I focus mainly on the punishment aspect of God's judgments because they also are misunderstood and they're so prevalent in today's culture. We need to know who sent those judgments and we need to know why he sent those judgments. And that is the job of the church. But the church doesn't want to offend anybody. It's a sorry situation that today's culture is telling the church how it should act. And we're saying, okay, we need to know who sent them. We need to know why they're here. The church has that knowledge. But there's also good judgments, judgments of blessings and favor that reveal God to us as well. America has seen these for decades and decades. They come in the midst of judgments for corrections as well. I hate to keep referencing God in man's terms. We have a big problem with that. Man has painted an inadequate portrait of Father God. But basically, it has led to us viewing God as we view man, a good side Man has and a bad side. Well, God has a good side and God has a bad side, as it were. 
we define God's love not as divine, but we define the divine love of God as we would see it, as we would give that love, as we would want that love to be given to us. It's why we view our success in America as ours. We say, remember when we were settling the West, it was our rugged individualism that forged our way into the Western lands and settled California only because of man's rugged individualism, never even thinking that it was God that was moving us westward for his purposes. Then you've got American exceptionalism (laughs) and not God's distinctive blessings on our nation because he had a plan for us. In effect, we know God now neither in judgment nor blessing. We've ignored his wisdom and his correction in our judgment, and we've taken credit for his blessings Basically, we've shut God out of our thinking, and that's led to trouble. God has kept us from wars. He's given us his highest honors. He's blessed America. He's given us great crops. He's enriched our soil. He's kept us from plagues and calamities that other nations have had to go through. He has favored us militarily, and he's kept us in good health and great weather. He has shown us his good side, as it were, over and over and over. And we have been greatly used by God, and we've been greatly used by him in the recent past. But lately, all that's changed, not by his divine will and purpose, but by our sin. We have shared and have known him by his goodness, but now in order to protect us from a future of daily death and eternal torment, We are experiencing corrective judgments whereby we should get to know him as a loving, yes, and a punishing father with an eye on our eternal future of our eternal souls. You know, the greatest, the largest church in America, you know, the pastor there, he'll plainly tell you he's not a gospel preacher. And that's, even that's an exaggeration. But he'll go ahead and he will make things comfortable for people because he feels they've got a hard life. He feels they're having a hard time. He refuses to talk about sin because the world beats him up. I'm not going to pile on, he says. And so he wants them to feel good about themselves, to get a positive self-image. And, you know, I got the revelation of that today, that this brother, he's not concerned with their eternal souls. He's concerned with their daily comfort. If you go to that church, you're supposed to be getting fed, getting life for your soul. And yet he's more concerned with protecting you from the harms of this current situation. There's no passion there for your your eternal soul. You go to church to get saved, to get to know God, to avoid hell, to get free from your sin. That's the purpose of church. That never comes up there. And I think of all the people that are being misled. I'm thinking of all the people that think they're saved and are not saved. And that's a problem. That's not the job of the church to make you feel good. The job of the church is to make you be convicted that you are a sinner and you need God's salvation. You don't go to church to get blessed. You go to church to get saved, to get into a relationship with God. Romans one thirty two, Who, knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things, sin, homosexualities particularly, we, knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. God is sending judgments such as AIDS and homosexuality and 9-11 and Katrina in an effort to draw our attention away from our sin and back to him, back to his eternal power and authority. He is known by the judgments which he executes. We ought to know him in those judgments. His Holy Spirit is convicting us of our sin. 
the church is confirming that by telling us about our sin, about homosexuality, that's sin, about lying, that's sin, divorce is sin, murder is sin, stealing is sin, lying is sin. The church is supposed to be identifying that behavior in us and letting us know and being convicted by the Holy Spirit that we are sinners, we do need a Savior. Being saved is not an option. Jesus said you must be born again. So the church convicts us by telling us those things. The Holy Spirit convicts us. The church tells us those things. We partner with God, that it's wrong. It's offensive to the God of love, and it's keeping us from his presence if we stay in that sin. And it has the potential to sentence us to an eternity in prison where punishment never ends. The church is to preach that every day. As long as there is sin in the earth, Jesus loves you is a truth, but it is not the gospel message. I'm out of time. I've got more I want to say about this. I think I'll finish this again next week. But I want you to know we love you. We care for you. Yes, you are a sinner. Yes, you need a Savior. Yes, his name is Jesus. Yes, he paid the penalty for your sin. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and your whole house shall be saved. Thank you for joining us for End Time Insights with Ron Geyer. Listen again next Sunday night at 8 on 100.7 The Word, where faith comes by hearing. You can also listen to the podcast of this program by going to kkht.com. If you would like to contact Ron, email him at gospelguy at comcast.net. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.